What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's edition of At Large Bid, the 48 Minutes Network College Basketball Podcast. I am Tim Daniel. I am joined this week by Drew McDonald. Drew McDonald, the former Northern Kentucky University basketball star, uh, last year's Horizon League Player of the Year, played in two NCAA basketball tournaments, played in NIT, uh, really was a big part of bringing the Northern Kentucky University program on the map and getting the name out there. So I was lucky enough to cover Drew's last two years of his college basketball career, and we talk a lot about uh, his college career. We talk a lot about you know the guys he played against throughout throughout his life, really, in basketball. And uh, we really get into a really deep conversation at the end uh, about, uh, unfortunately, we both lost a loved one to suicide. So we talk a lot about mental health and Drew's running a foundation with his family called Ethan's Purpose. And we talk all about that and how people can get involved later in the show. So without further ado, um, thank you all for tuning in. We really appreciate it. If this is your first time listening because you want to hear the interview with Drew, Go ahead and subscribe, and if you like what you hear, it'd mean a lot to 48 Minutes Network if you gave us a review, um, just so people can kind of, we can get our name out there a little more. Um, Without further ado, here's the episode. Here's Drew McDonald. Everyone enjoy. All right, so I'm sitting here with uh, Mr. Drew McDonald. Man, it's crazy to see you. It's been like the last I saw you was the Cleveland State game. Yeah, it's good to see you too. It's kind of weird. It's a lot's changed since then. Yeah, let's just say that a lot has changed since then. Yeah, so good, I, good and bad. Good and bad. Good yeah. and bad. So I didn't get to talk to you before you guys went to Detroit for the conference tournament, and I was so mad because I got a proof credential to go to the conference tournament for the Oakland game, and I missed the shot. I wasn't Ooh. there. Ooh. But I think, I know, even though I'm not allowed to say this as a media member, I was very excited in my house when you hit the shot. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it was a good moment you missed. Yeah. I, I mean, I wish all of North Nation could have been there, but it was definitely a surreal moment. It was um, kind of, you can say, the highlight of my career yeah. at the end of my senior year, just to kind of not just to have that shot, just to have that moment that I can look back on. It's something obviously I remember for the rest of my life. Yeah, it's it was it was so cool, man. Like uh you know, you had this year, this year it was your senior year, you got Horizon Player of the Year. That was your second time. No, it was my first. I had I won preseason player of the year my junior year. That's right, yeah. And then Kendrick, Kendrick Nunn, Nunn I, edged me out, beat me whatever you want to say, my junior year, and then I won it my senior year. Were you up for the sophomore year? I was on first team. I don't know if I was up for it. That's right. Yeah. Um, who would have won it my sophomore year? Alec Peters won it. That's right. Yeah. yeah. They, you weren't stopping out. He was going to win it. I don't yeah. Know. He was so, awesome. No, I was not up for it. <laughs> well, you know, obviously we're going to have you here talk a little bit about, you know, life for Drew McDonald. Now I know a lot mm-hmm. of people are kind of wondering. I'm sure you get asked a lot. Uh, what is life like for Drew McDonald post NKU basketball? Life is very, very different. Yeah. And it's a good different. It's a weird different. It's I don't want to say it's a bad different, but it's just everything's so different in my life. I mean, I think we were talking earlier before we started this that uh, this will be my first fall that I ever remember without basketball. I mean, my mom coached at Newport Central Catholic before I was born. So, I mean, I was in the gym every fall, whether I want it to be or it was just my mom's starting to take care of me. Like that day my dad had to work. I literally grew up in a gym, so come October, that's all I ever knew was basketball in a gym. Mm-hmm. So this is really my first fall where I'm not living in a gym. So it's it's weird. It's 
awkward, but I'm adapting to it. It's um, I'm adapting to professional lifestyle, and I'm enjoying it. It's a new chapter in my life, and I'm ready for that new chapter. I'm ready for that next step. Yeah, you got a little bit of extended playing time this year. Um, got to do the TBT. Mm-hmm. How was that experience? That was pretty cool. It's different. Uh, yeah. I was definitely excited when uh, Marky Krebs, former Newcastle alum, asked me to play with the uh, Bluegrass Boys, and we got LeVon Holland on the team as well, and we had a couple other non-UK guys, but it was really cool. It's it's five-on-five, five, it's basketball, but there's still a little different twist with the Elam ending and not playing with the clock, but playing to a score, kind of your pickup style. Yeah. But it was really cool just to have a chance to play again, put the uniform back on again, and I mean, the Texas Tech game was full of emotions. I didn't play my best, but I enjoyed it, and it was on such a big stage. And it was it was a great time. I'll never forget that game. But it was just cool to kind of do it again and kind of savor playing one more time. Yeah, my honest opinion, I thought if you guys would have played Purdue, you would have won. Uh, I mean, it's good to think that. I mean, obviously, yeah. seeing Texas Tech make it to the finals. They were I think crazy. they would have won it. I think nothing, nothing taken away from Virginia. Sure. But I think if their big guy doesn't go down, I think they win it. Yeah, so, I agree. I think he was such an impact defensively for them. And the way the game was played, I think he could have made a difference. And it would have just been cool to play the national champion. But to see them go that far, I think if you ask any of the guys that coached in that game or played in that game, I think we could have told you that Texas Tech was going to make a run. I mean, they ended up beating – I mean, they beat Michigan by 20. They beat yeah. They beat a really good Buffalo team by 25. I mean, we up until the Gonzaga game, we gave them the best game. Yeah. So it was – Texas Tech's a really good ball club. Coach Beard's an unbelievable coach. And – it was fun to play in that game. You're going to kick out of this. So the final four week, I was actually in Universal Studios. Cool. Um, I just turned 30 this year. So that that's was my... Cool. Congratulations. That was my, thanks, man. Thanks. I, I made it to 30, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad, but <laughs> congrats. So there were some Texas Tech fans like walking around mm-hmm. the park, and they were in line in front of me. Mm-hmm. And they were wearing this stuff, and they were talking to me like, yeah, you know, we're a game away. We're really excited. And I was like, yeah, I actually covered the school you guys played in the first round. I covered, Nor- I covered Northern Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And they were and they, they were like, oh, really? And I was like, yeah. I was like, yes, sir. And he goes, man, they gave us the best half of anyone in the tournament. Yeah, we did. We were we were down two or four at halftime. Yeah. And we look at the stats, and we didn't shoot well. And they played solid for them offensively. But we're like, man, if we just hit a couple shots, like, I think I was like one for like nine or something like that. And it was we, – we had a lot of confidence at halftime that we could do it. But what yeah. we didn't know is that they were going to crank up the defense that way. And then Jared Culver was – there's a reason he's a top seven yeah, pick in the NBA. pretty he, damn good at basketball. He stepped up, absolutely. And then he found shooters, and they were just a very well-coached team, very solid. They weren't going to beat themselves, and you had to out-talent them. And, I mean, that's the style of basketball they play. And I'm more, Hats off to them. I mean, hats off to them. Yeah, I, always, I thought about this recently, too, when I was looking back at, like, getting ready for this. And your four years at Northern, you thought about, like, how many NBA players you played against? I don't know. I could probably think and count them. I mean, so alone. You already mentioned earlier before we got on this. Yeah. Two guys for Xavier and Trayvon and JP. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You played in Michigan that year. Karis LeVert. Yes, Karis LeVert, absolutely. Um, uh, Alec Peters was in the NBA. Yep. Kay Felder was kind of flirting around there for a little bit. Yep. Uh, Jared Culver. That's six. All those Kentucky guys: De'Aaron, the, De'Aaron. Malik, Bam. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we're missing a lot more. Race, uh, who is it? Race Balding played in the NBA. Yes, he's yep. He's in and out. Uh, Dangadell. Yep. I mean, there's eleven right there, and we're not. Yeah, I feel we, like there's some other mid-major guys we may have played against. Robert or, Williams, you guys played mm-hmm, Texas yep, A&M. We played. Yep. There we go. I mean, you probably keep going. It's probably close to twenty. That's crazy. That's really cool. You gave Robert Williams the buckets too. Mm-hmm. We we should have beat them. Yeah, mm, we should have beat them. That, that game and the Memphis game. That was my. Oh, life. we gave away the Memphis game. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that one. That okay, one, we don't that one have to talk about a little it. bit. 
I mean, Texas A&M would have been cool because it was at their place, top 10 in the nation at the time. Yeah. Uh, they were a little banged up, but still to get on the college station and have a chance to win. And uh, We played pretty well. I mean, I wouldn't even say that was our best game we played, but we gave them a run for their money. and oh, That would have been nice. Yeah. So you're, then, you're a Celtics fan, right? Yeah, I am. So I I you played against two Celtics, two centers that play for the Celtics now. Oh, yeah. Taco Fall. I forgot about that one, yeah. too. There you go. Ooh, Taco was tough. Taco. What was that like? Everything that you've ever experienced in basketball, uh, here, it's like when you're like five or six years old right. or seven years old and you think you're all good at basketball and stuff like that and you challenge your dad to a one-on-one and you made him mad and then he just <laughs> backs you down and plays old man basketball and then dunks and you're like, what can I do? Yeah. I mean, he's seven foot six. That's Everyone knows that. But what people don't realize is he's 315 pounds. And like, I mean, that's when we played him. I don't know what he is now. Right. But um, he's 315 pounds. So like, when you when he ducks in, like that's still three hundred and fifteen pounds of human being ducking you in. I was like two forty five when I played him. So like, not only giving up a foot, I'm giving up what is that seventy pounds? Yeah. So it's it's he's a big boy. He's a big human, and I mean, I'll be interested to see how he does in the NBA. You have like Boban Mardanovic in the NBA, who's kind yeah. of been a fan favorite. I'll be I'll be interested to see how Taco does. I am too. So I do obviously want to know. Obviously, we're here for a reason. There's mm-hmm. something really important we're talking mm-hmm. about today, but. I really did want to get a lot into kind of talk about your career and kind of mm-hmm. these moments you had. So mm-hmm. first thing, obviously, is, you know, being a part of Northern Kentucky, obviously it's, it means more to you than it does a lot of people in the case of you're from here. You grew up in this area. You know, mm-hmm. you, were going to, you were going to NKU games. I remember you telling me that story yeah. as a kid. And now, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of were the, the leader of bringing it to being like a big, a big name, putting them on the map. So obviously, you know, your fresh your sophomore year, you guys make the tournament for the first time. You get to play the University of Kentucky in a tournament game, in a game you guys were in. <laughs> yeah, we were. Yeah, yeah we, were. we had a chance. A uh, couple shots here or there down the stretch, and we had a chance to knock them off. Yeah, like watching De'Aaron and Levon play against each other was so fun because it was like Levon was the athlete you guys had that could match him. Mm-hmm. And when he dunked on him, it was like, oh, my God, these guys, you know, it was exciting. You guys were in it. LeVon was a better player that game, too. People forget that. LeVon yeah. Holland was the best player on the floor. And like you said, there was three NBA lottery picks on that floor. But LeVon Holland was the best player on the floor that game. Yeah. So you were matched up against old Bam Adebayo. Yep. Talk about a giant, massive human being with yeah. Dwight Howard's shoulders. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was definitely – I played against him a few times in AAU, but he definitely got a lot bigger since then. I didn't even think about the guys you probably played against in AAU over the years. Yeah, I played it. We played a lot. I mean, being on what they call the UIBL now, yeah, the circuit. That's kind of the pre- premier uh, yeah. AAU circuit, and you play. I mean, I played against Ben Simmons. Played against um, Saul Carl. I think Towns play. He was in and out of that a little bit. But I mean, Jalen Brown. He was on the Adidas tour, but uh, I mean, you see all these people. I mean, they're really good. They're did, really good. Did you play Peach Jam? I did. We made the PGM my 17th year, and uh, we had a four-way tie for first in our pool. We lost to Houston Hoops, who had Malik Monk and Jared Vanderbilt. We were up four with three seconds to go and lost in regulation. Damn. I don't like talking about it. They had a three <laughs> inbounds pass, stole the inbounds pass, and Jared Vanderbilt threw up a one-handed falling away shot, and it went at the buzzer. It was actually insane, but... So that put us in a four-way tie. It was us, uh, Oakland Soldiers, Houston Hoops, and Howard Pooley, maybe. And they gave it to Oakland Soldiers and Houston Hoops to go through, and we kind of wore the odd man's out. But it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, it was 
Played against a lot of people in AU as well. Yeah, and then obviously when you were at Newcath, you guys made state, didn't you? No, we never made state. We uh, never came out of the region. Uh, it was tough. When I played, Co- Covington Catholic and Holmes were always really, really good. And between yeah. us three, all three worked in the top ten every year. I mean, that's just kind of how it is with Kentucky basketball. It's, right. If you're in the seventh region, the eleventh region, or the ninth, that's Lexington, Louisville, and Northern Kentucky. Sometimes it's South Louisville in the sixth. It's sometimes the region tournament's harder than the state tournament to get through. I mean, you talk about like in the seventh, you got Trinity, you got Ballard, you got Mail. The the eleventh, you got Scott County, Dunbar, LCA, Lexcath. Like you have all those teams, and of course up here, Covington Cooper, Covington Catholic, Cooper, Holmes, us. I mean, it's just a crapshoot every year. But, no, we never made it. We lost in the finals my freshman year, and that's as close as I ever got. Uh, see, I thought you guys had made it because it was you and it was Ben. Yeah. Me, ben Wire, and then we had Zach Pingallo. We had Jake Schulte. We had some good teams up there. We had the, uh, Grant and Tanner Mavis, who are at Northern, played on their club team. But, yeah, we, we had some really, really good teams. So, in your time at Northern, as far as, like, your non-Horizon games, what would you say was the coolest environment to play in? Throwing out the tournament games, as in the Texas Tech and Kentucky, the NIT tournament game at Louisville was pretty cool. That was awesome. That was cool. I mean, they only had 10,000 there. I say only, but, I mean, their stadium holds 24, but they blocked off the upper part, and you had a bunch of rowdy fans down there, and that was a really, really – They were scared of you That was a loud environment and a really cool gym. That was – we had them beat, too. Talk about another game we had won. A lot of what-ifs here. I remember – after that game, talking to talking to John mm-hmm. and being like, "What was it like coaching quarters?" He's like, "Hated it." He hated. I loved playing quarters. I personally loved it as a player. I think I think college basketball should go back to quarters. I mean, it's the think about it. Besides AAU, is the only basketball in the world that doesn't play quarters. Yeah. NBA, high school, women's college, FIBA, all of it plays quarters. Men's college basketball plays halves. I think they should go back to quarters. But I mean, Coach Brandon's so process oriented and. Does things the same way every time. I could see why he didn't like it because it threw off his kind of mojo, kind of say. But at Louisville was really cool. It was. At West Virginia was pretty cool. They were really good. I don't like the result of the games, but I it was pretty cool to play there. there. Um, were you was, on the team that played against Purdue? No, that was the year before me. Okay. Yep. Um, that game was pretty cool. Michigan was pretty cool. Karis LeVert had his triple-double. He got his triple-double on a missed free throw of mine, which that was kind of weird because I missed a free throw in the place erupted, and I thought, man, I missed plenty of free throws <laughs> in my life. I don't know what you're doing. You're up 20. But it was Karis LeVert's triple-double. That was pretty cool. Um, yeah, Illinois was kind of cool. All those big schools are kind of cool to play. I just see different campuses. Yeah, and stuff I like bet. That. Yeah, so this year they're playing Arkansas. Yeah, I saw that. Arkansas and Missouri. Yeah, which Xavier plays mm. Missouri the same week, but Xavier's at home. So I thought that was kind of weird. Yeah, that's weird. Too bad we couldn't get the Tigers to come up here and play us at home. That'd be pretty cool. That's that'd be pretty cool if we ever get another West Virginia at home type game. Yeah, that'd be really sweet. So you talked about the Louisville game. It was neat. You know, it was cool seeing you guys on that stage. You guys had the game in hand, like we said. Driving home was not fun. I got stuck in a snowstorm. Yeah. Oh, it was. It was blizzardy. That. Yep. I remember that. I do remember that because I think we stayed down there that next night after the game because it was like a. Eight o'clock game, maybe or something like yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, I think it was just coach was like, "All right, season's over. Like, let's just stay down here and drive back." But I forgot it was like that blizzard because we were questioning attendance and people were actually come out. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember not knowing it was going to be a blizzard and drove down and coming home that night and I was like, "Oh, this is freaky." 
Yeah, I'm sure. Driving <laughs> 71 already is freaky enough yeah. at night, and you throw a little snowstorm in there. It's probably not the best scenario for you. Yeah, so I'm sure you've answered these questions probably about 40 times. So if you're annoyed, just tell me. It's fine. Uh, it's fine. Um, Enjoy it. Obviously, JB goes to Cincinnati. Yeah. Takes uh, your teammate Chris Vitt with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in the. I'm, I don't think it's a minority. I'm in the belief that you know he's going to thrive there. Absolutely. Um, I think you know his coaching abilities, the connections he has, mm-hmm. the people who like really pay attention to him. You know, and it, it was like as soon as Mick left. I knew. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely made too much sense. That's, yeah. I mean, I just was questioning whether UC was going to like overthink it enough. But, I mean, people always ask me, do you think Coach Brown will leave? Do you think Coach Brown will leave? And, I mean, I didn't want to answer it, but people who were close to me, I'd always say, I think there's one job we got to look out for, and that was the UC job. Yeah. Now, it, granted, Mick had to leave or get fired or mutually part ways, whatever happened over there. But, I mean, that was the job I was concerned about. It's a local job, and – Coach Brand's family's here, and you didn't you didn't think he was, he was building something special. I mean, he built something special. Over yeah, there. he did. So, I mean, made too much sense for him not to go there. But I mean, I absolutely agree with you. He's going to thrive no matter where he goes. Um, he's just consistent. He's what I like to say is he puts too much time and work into it not to be successful. He's the hardest yeah. working. He's the hardest working man as profession I've ever seen. I mean, he's. I remember getting texts at three thirty, four o'clock in the morning after game days, like sending me film clips, like just how he is. Like he just lives, eats, sleeps, and dies basketball and his family. Like that's all he has in his life, and all power to him. Like those things are what makes him happy, and he just is so motivated to get better. He doesn't want to be mediocre or average. Like he wants to be the best at what he does, and. It's only a matter of time until he's got UC top 25, top 10 program and going to Sweet 16 Final Fours. And I'm happy he was able to stay close. Yeah, I mean, I think that's awesome. I think Norse Nation knew it was just a matter of time until oh, we someone realized time. what we had there. And I'm just happy he can stay close because obviously I had a really good relationship with him and I can kind of keep in contact with him. And it gives all of Norse Nation another team to root for. I mean, unless you wear Xavier Blue. I mean, that we could be – Nothing wrong with Xavier Blue. I'm just saying it's not ideal for you to be a Xavier fan, an NKU fan, and a UC fan. I mean, obviously it gives people to root for for UC. Sure. And a little bit, it's kind of cool. Now. I mean, we're, I don't want to say we're a stepping stone program, but there's nothing wrong with being that. I think people get so mad. You don't find Rick Birds very often who are going to stay at your school for right. X number of years. You don't find Bob McKillops at Davidson. Like, you don't find those people every year. The great campies of the world. Yeah. But, like, with Coach Brandon, what you had is someone who came in for four years and changed the program. Now you got Coach Horn. And four years if Coach Horn takes a bigger job, I mean, that means he did something here. So yeah. people get caught up in being that stepping stone program. As long as they're going from us to a Power 5 big school, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, I think we don't want to embrace it. I think we need to strive to become the next Xavier, next Wichita State. But for now, I mean, look at Xavier. Xavier did the same thing. Thad Modest, Kip Prossert, Sean Miller – Chris Mack even. Like, I mean, even Chris Mack loves. Like, Xavier, as much as people who like Xavier yeah. are going to hate me, my family's big Xavier fans. They are still in that stepping stone school. I mean, unless you're Kentucky, you're Duke, you're Kansas, you're Arizona, you're these big-time schools, like, you're still going to be in that stepping stone thing. So I think it's something we need to be okay with at Northern. Yeah, I Sorry agree. for my rant right there. I'm, no, no, by all means. That's why I have you here. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally agree, man. I think uh, – you know, obviously, everything he's done, everything has shown up, and the ability he has. Like, did you see? I don't know if you saw. There was a tweet a couple of weeks ago, 
and there's one light on an, an office on campus that you see. Yeah, it was I like saw that. three yeah. in the morning. It was John's. Yeah, it didn't surprise me at all. I mean, that's just it's like I said, he's the hardest working man I've ever seen. And he's consistent with it. It's not like one day is there till three a.m. and one day is there till nine p.m. Like it's every day he does the same thing. It's yeah. Gotcha. We heard uh we heard that you know the rumors the night before. I was at the Kentucky Ohio All Star game, and we kind of heard the rumblings that it was going to happen. It was announced the next day. Yeah. It's I mean it's just made too much sense. It, yeah, it, it did. I mean they say UC was looking elsewhere, but I think that was just them more doing their duty just to make sure they looked at everyone. But I mean it, the obvious candidate was Coach Brandon. Yeah. So. Obviously, he goes, and then Darren Horn comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got, I've interacted with Darren a couple times. Darren's actually been on the pod, and cool. I really like him. Actually, you know, he's he sells the program really well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's on campus all the time. So, in your few interactions, actually, it was really funny when I talked to him, and I was like, you know, what, you know, how do you feel about this program moving forward? What did you expect? He's like, obviously, you know, when you lose a Drew McDonald, that was the first thing he said to me, and he said, uh, he's like, but you know, we have a good team now. We're gonna make, you know, do what we can to build it, and. You know, you think you got to remember when John left and Darren came in, the three signees left. He had to recruit oh, yeah. in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Like, so, pretty impressive. Yeah, I think Coach Horn's going to do a great job. Uh, I've had a chance to talk to him a couple times. I was there for his press conference, was able to talk to him then. I think we've got another diamond in the rough. I mean, you look at his, he's got head coaching experience at Western mm-hmm. where he won and took teams to the Sweet 16. I mean, that's kind of our next league. step. That's our next step is going to the Sweet 16. And then, he goes to South Carolina, and no one wins at South Carolina. Like, let's be honest. Like, okay, Frank Martin did Frank Martin did it one year, mm-hmm. but like, no one wins at South Carolina. And then he had an opportunity to be under Shaka Smart and at Texas and kind of be out of the game as an SEC analysis for a couple of years, and where he said he learned a lot in those couple of years. I think uh, this team's built to win now. Mm-hmm. Uh, just knowing it, being around those players and stuff, I think this is a team that's built to win now. It's nowhere near a rebuilding stage at all. This is We're going to be top the horizon again. I mean, it's going to be us, Wright State, USC. I mean, like it is every year. But I think Coach Horn comes in and brings a great staff in, very similar style of play. I mean, tweaks here and there for his own purposes. But uh, you might see a little bit different in the roster built up. But like you said, I think Coach Horn's going to come in and do a great job and we're going to be competing for championships this year, next year, the following year until, I mean, forever, really. I can't see us ever not being successful. Weirdly enough, the guy I've been asked about the most on the team is Trey Cobbs. And, I mean, I've, I've honestly, you know, he was hurt last year. And I didn't really get to see much play much as freshman year because you guys had Lavania, Jalen. So what is the expectation for him being, finally able to really be able to play? Yeah, I forget people – like, don't realize what Trey Cobbs has talent-wise. I think Trey can bring an unbelievable impact to this team this year. Um, obviously, he was hurt last year, had a tough injury when he was kind of like his – not his team, but it was kind of his position to step into as a yeah. point guard position. But I think Trey brings an unbelievable energy and just athleticism, and he knows the game, and he cares about his teammates. Like, I mean, he cares about – every single guy on that team and that can go a long way I think that's one thing coach Brandon really did was instill a culture that will last a while but I think Trey I mean going against Trey every day in practice for two years before his injury he was one of the best guards I had to go against including everyone I played against like practices were almost harder for me guarding him off a ball screen than it was every night playing games like yeah uh, people don't realize our second team I don't even want to say our second team but like us scoring against each other in practice was harder than most games. Right. And that's really, that's really, 
powerful when you think about it that our, our, we're 10 deep and we can throw any 10 out there to beat your best five. So I think Trey's really going to step into – I think people are going to be shocked with Trey this year. I think people are really going to be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, you guys had like seven guys that could score last year. Yeah. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Yeah. You know, it's a lot better to watch a team that's good when you're covering <laughs> games. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a lot better. Being on both sides, being 9-22 and 22 and the other winning side, it's definitely a lot better playing, more fun playing when we're better. Yeah. So, you know, we talked about this team, and obviously they have some interesting non-conference games. Um, you know, we mentioned Arkansas, we mentioned Missouri. So kind of the guys like, you know, Tyler, who was obviously, he played at Louisville. He's been in big games. He's 1-0 in his career against Kentucky. So That's kind of cool. Yeah. I can't say that. I'm 0-1. <laughs> you know? It's okay. You, you got us a little bit more time than he did. He was behind Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, he was yeah. pretty good at basketball. Don, he's not bad. Yeah. Donovan's not bad. And then, um, so Tyler, obviously, he shot 39% from three last year. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, like we talked uh, Darren told me, he's like, my goal is to have him shoot more. Mm-hmm. So this being Tyler's senior year, this being Jalen's senior year, those guys kind of being the caps of the team. Um, what do you expect to see from these guys now that they kind of, it's now that you've graduated, now it's kind of like their team? I mean, I think it was some of their team too last year. I mean, we really, people could look at me and say, Ewan's and I were the two seniors last year. It was your team. Like, you were the four-year guy. But, I mean, it was really all of our team. Like, they had just as much say. They had just as much leadership abilities and practice behind the scenes uh, they weren't always the one behind the mic saying stuff but it was definitely they've kind of been through the battle I mean they've been through the ups and downs I think I mean look at this senior class their freshman year they came in and started winning so I think right you know, coach Brandon brought them in and uh, some transferred out some left some decided not to play basketball anymore but at the end of the day Trey Cobbs Jalen Tate Dantes Walton that's the class that coach Brandon brought in and kind of helped change the program but uh Jalen, Jalen, I think, is going to be up for player of the year. I think people are going to be surprised. I think, I mean, you look at uh, Antoine Davis up in Detroit, and obviously he puts up the numbers, but his team doesn't win. Xavier Hill May is going to put up big numbers. His team's average. Right. I'm just going to call it, I'm going to call it spade a spade. I'm going to call it how it is. Like, his team's average. Um, Loudon Love is going to be up there for player of the year. And I think it's going to come down what the committee who votes between Loudon, JT, and Antoine Davis. You want numbers, you're going to put Antoine Davis. And then whoever wins between us and Wright State, the conference, I think they're going to give – that's who my vote would be. I mean, you look at Jalen, and he's really – he took that next step last year as yeah, he a did. really, really elite scorer. Uh, I think – I mean, go back and watch – go back and watch at Green Bay and the way he took over that game with a conference tournament on the line, conference championship on the line, and the way he – I think he had 30 that game. I mean, just look at the way he scored at all levels. He's not known as a three-point threat, but the way he can drive the ball gives him so many open looks. He knows the game very well. Then you talk about Tyler, and obviously he's a fan favorite. He brings the energy. He's the on-court spark that you need, just kind of that toughness guy, that just that guy who can get you going and just plays with the emotions on his sleeve. And obviously he's an elite shooter, and then Coach Horn's system, that's a must. Right. And uh, Tyler – Got snubbed, let's call it as it is. He got snubbed off an alternate, uh, all Horizon League team last year. I mean, he didn't make it. It's I didn't see how it was. I don't see how people can see that. But, I mean, Tyler's going to be a first first ballot player this year, I think. And Coach Horn's system, seeing what he did and just being able to play with a lot more freedom, I think Tyler's going to be a force to be reckoned with. And one people that, that people forget about is Dantes Walton. I yeah. Think, I think he will be the shock of the league this year. If you go back and look at late in the season – he may have come close to averaging a double-double. I mean, he started rebounding the ball at 
he was out rebounding me a lot of the games. It's and when he put you know, defensively, he was guarding the best big. I wasn't guarding the best big. He was four or five man. He was guarding the best big last year. He could shoot the ball. He gets in his slumps, but I mean he's just a gym rat and will get better at all times. He can handle the ball. I think his senior year, just having that confidence, I think I think he could be an all all league kind of player. So I think between those three, and you talk about people like Trey Cobb, you talk about like Paul Joko, Silas, you talk about these other guys who haven't got the big light. I think they're going to have room to step up. Adrian Nelson is coming off an injury. I think if he gets back healthy, he could have a huge year. Great kid, like just really athletic, plays hard. Just, I think they got a lot of guys that can make an impact. And I think when you talk to Coach Horn, he feels the same way. Yeah, I think so too. I think uh, we didn't mention Brian Mockaby and like. Exactly. I mean, you just you can keep going down the list, and people forget about Bryant last year. But, I mean, you look at guys like Bryant Mockaby didn't play that much last year. Right. Just the skill set he has. I mean, he's an elite shooter. Like, he's a sharp shooter, and it's in Coach Horn's system. You need that, and he's. I I think we're gonna be really really deep this year. I think that's gonna be. I mean, you look at the Warriors' strength in numbers. I think we're gonna have strength in numbers. Were you mad that they made the overseas trip after you left? I mean, I wasn't happy about it. <laughs> I mean, do you want a free trip to the Virgin Islands? Yeah. I it was also have. like it was so weird because it was announced like three weeks before mm-hmm. and they were gone because I knew Xavier was going to Spain because I did a couple of their practices yeah. before they left and I was like, I got the pressure saying they're going to the Virgin Islands mm-hmm. and like they're like, we leave in two weeks. I was like, yeah. oh, man. I, would, I mean, I got to go to the Bahamas my junior year. That was kind of cool. That was but cool. The Virgin Islands would have been a pretty cool trip. I mean, I wish it would have been my four years, but... It is what it is. Who did you guys uh, play in that version of you, you played in the championship, right? Yeah, we played Vermont in the championship. That's right. Vermont went to the Vermont. tournament that year. Mm-hmm. They were they were really good. That's another really good program. They have Anthony Lamb coming back yep. this year. He's going to be – I'll tell you, he'll watch out for All-American teams. He's really, really good. I think he's only a junior, too. I think they play UC this year. They do. Yeah. They do. They play at UC, so that would be a really good game to go watch. Uh, they had Trey Bellhaines my year. He was really good. The Duncan Twins, they were really good that year. Uh, we, we had them beat. We were up 11 in the second half, and they came back, and just a really good program they got there. Yeah, they're always one of those, like, under-the-radar, like, 11-seed teams. I mean, you think about it, Vermont, not much happens in Vermont. Like I said, I'm going to call it how it is. It's it's best thing in Vermont. Right. And, I mean, the Northeastern schools and the American East. I mean, look, the American East has Vermont, and they have UMBC. Have you heard of that school, UMBC? Yeah, yeah. you guys played them. Exactly. Yeah. They also played Virginia, if people didn't know. Yeah, but, people remember. Yeah, but, I mean, that's a really good conference. Those are two really good teams. It's That's pretty cool. Yeah, because you guys played UMBC Friday night on ESPNU, right? I believe so. Yeah. You, yeah. Mm-hmm. That we was played like, them at home, and then we played them up there. We played them. That was, yeah, that was, I remember that. We played the, the year they beat Virginia, we played them early that year, and people we told people it could be – be an interesting. I remember watching the selection show and Drew Virginia. I'm like, that's gonna be interesting because they were number one in the nation at shooting threes. Yeah, people saw why. I mean, that's all they do is shoot threes. And with the Virginia's pack line, that's kind of what they give up. So, yeah, I Hunter that was with, hurt and it was like the perfect recipe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I never, I don't want to say I called it. I said it was either gonna be a blowout win for Virginia or UMBC is gonna give them a game. And it yeah. ended up being a blowout for UMBC, but it was pretty cool. It was crazy. I remember because I was in my house, like, watching, like, oh my god, this is really happening. So let me ask you about this, actually, because you kind of brought up another topic. Um, when you're, I wouldn't say mid-major program, because I think that's a dumb term. Mm-hmm. Um, smaller school, I guess we'll yeah. say. That's fine. So when you guys, you know, when you're in the running for your conference, like you were your last three years, are you looking at bracketology at all, or do you not even care? I mean, in today's society, today's day and age, it's thrown in your face with social media. Right. I mean, 
I feel like the people that say, oh, we don't look at it, I firmly believe they just have to delete all social media, delete all their news feeds, like almost not even watch TV. Like it's just thrown in your face. So to say I didn't look at it isn't true. I mean, you ask anyone on the team, and I was probably the most analytical guy. I was constantly looking at numbers, constantly looking at stats, constantly like we need this to happen in this game. We need Green Bay to beat Cleveland State at Cleveland State, but Youngstown to beat Milwaukee. That same tri- – like that That was me. That You're was, like me. Oh, I love it. Like I love analytics. I love Ken Palm. I love all of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm obsessed with Ken Palm. Yeah, so to say I didn't look at it, no. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you, but I didn't live in it. Right. If that made sense. So, sure. I mean, it's there. Like it's not hide from the fact that it's there, but I – didn't live in that live or die and let it defeat me or crush me when ESPN would have Wright State in there instead of us or like they would lose and they put Oakland in there or something like, like I didn't, that didn't bother me what bothers me is the fact that ESPN still doesn't have our logo up yeah but, I, I put that tweet out the other day for the uh, early one and Tyler quote tweeted it and I was like hey ESPN we yeah, do have a logo I don't know I don't I mean you would think going there twice and going to the NIT which is sponsored by ESPN we would get you guys had national television yeah, games we would get a little bit of respect but it's fine and they have three or four ESPN games this year, so maybe they'll get it on their broadcast now. Yeah. You guys ran that Trips Wide play against Wright State on ESPN? Yep, yep, we did. Called it Clemson. Put it in the day before. Yep, we definitely put it in. I was so mad because at the end of that press conference, I remember I talked to Jalen, me and him by himself, mm-hmm. and I forgot to ask anyone about that play. I didn't ask you. I didn't ask Jalen. I didn't ask John. I just was like, oh, yeah, that happened. I went home and I watched it on SportsCenter. I was like, oh, yeah, they did that. Yeah, it was um, – I didn't realize it was on Sports Center until the next morning, but yeah. people were texting me like that. But we literally put it in either the day or two days before because the national championship was that day. And coach goes, All right, here's what we're going to do. And I don't like giving other schools credit, but Oakland ran it against us at home yeah. one year. And we put it in. I'm like, Coach Brandon, coach doesn't do this, whatever. And he goes, We're calling it Clemson. And that shocked me too because he's such a big Alabama guy. Yeah. Like, he loves Nick Saban, loves the way they have their Well, he was down there. Yeah. yeah. But Clemson won that year. So we put Clemson in. And we were up, I think we were up three. Could mm-hmm. be wrong. Up three, nine-ish seconds left. And he called a timeout. And he goes, all right, let's run Clemson. And he drew it up. And it was a play where trips right. I was on the far outside. Sharp was on the left. I think Dantez Walton was the quarterback. Yeah. We went on two. And uh, me and Sharp did a little curl routes to come back to the ball. <laughs> and they had Jalen and Trayvon, I believe, were going mm-hmm. on streaks, kind of a little pick play, which is illegal because it was more than one yard down the field. But – it worked. Got Tyler the ball. I think Wright State was so in shock what they happened. Were. They were didn't foul and ended up winning the game. So we had Wright State media next to us, and they were like, "What? What? What just happened?" I was like, "I don't know. You guys just fouled it's like three cool. seconds." Yeah, though it, it was it was pretty fun just to have a little fun playing that, and the fact that it worked out was awesome too. Yeah, I will say it was really neat getting to cover your last two years and just seeing how much you grew as a player, seeing how much the program grew in that time frame, and. It was awesome, man. So it's going to be like, you know, like we said earlier, it's different mm-hmm. now that you're not there anymore and I'm not covering you anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's it's going to be weird, yeah, but I'm, I'm looking forward to, to it. Kind of, I have an outside view of yeah. it. I mean, obviously I'll have ins still, knowing all the guys and be good friends with them all, but it'll be, I'm excited to see it from more of a fan's perspective and be able to be a fan of the program. And um, it's going to hurt me not being down there and hurt me not doing my double fist pump, getting in ones, yelling, whatever, all that kind of stuff. But I'm excited. It's it's um, it's going to hurt, but I'm, I'm ready for it. Did they tell you yet when they're going to retire your number? No. Nah. They're going to. I, you know that. Uh, there's people that got to go before me, but 
I mean, you look... Shada Miner was just like me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you look like Kenny Shields and Coach Brandon. Those yeah. two got to go before me. Those two changed programs, so... Yeah, and that's going to be interesting next season mm-hmm. when UC's got to go to BB&T. Yeah, I think... I, I mean, I don't want to speak for all of Norse Nation, but if we don't get on our feet and cheer for Coach Brandon, I... I, yeah, I don't see how you don't. I mean, the man changed the program. I mean, agreed. I don't want to take anything away from any prior coaches, but I think Coach Brand's done more in his four years than any coach can do in his four, and that's including what Kenny Shields did with the program. Yeah, and I mean, you look. My first year, we were nine and twenty-two, and really, why do we go Division One? People were saying they were still mad at us for going to Division One, and literally in one year, go from nine and twenty-two with mostly the same players go to 24 and 10 not to mention that you guys were ineligible to play in the postseason yeah. for a couple of years yeah i mean we literally made history like literally no other division one team can say in their first two years they went to the NCAA tournament and the nit like no one can say that we have four conference championships in three years like yeah. two regular seasons two tournaments so i think coach brandon uh, when he comes back to bbnt deserves a round of applause and he should he will i'm more than sure of it mm-hmm. so last basketball question um you know, now that you're you after you had your last game against Texas Tech, did the thought of overseas or trying out summer league or anything cross your mind? It did, it did. Um, during the year, coach and I had a conversation and kind of said we're gonna put all that on pause. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like I said, with social media and everything, like you have agents trying to contact you nonstop, and I had plenty of them trying to contact me. And he said, let's not worry about it and let's just completely focus on this year. And that's what I did, and I'm so glad I did that. I'm so glad I didn't worry about it. And after the year we sat down, it might have even been that next Monday, we sat down at Subway and he was like, what's your thoughts? I'm like, I want to explore it. I want to see what it has to offer. I don't want to rule it out. So he helped me go through that process. He helped Mm -hmm. me kind of understand what kind of offers I would have, where I'd be playing and what countries. And they were really, really good offers, like better than what I was expecting, to be honest. And um, people ask, and it's just, I just felt like, it was. I'm going off on my terms. It didn't feel like it was right for me. I talked to a lot of my friends who were playing overseas and felt like I'm ready for that next step in my life. And my dream was always to go to the NCAA tournament. It wasn't to be a professional basketball player, as yeah. weird as that might sound. But um, I'm leaving on my terms. I'm leaving on a high. And it's. I still love basketball. I still want to be around it. I still want to go to practices. I still want to go to games. I still want to help little kids and kind of give back the way people gave back to me. So I think leaving when I did is – the right decision so far i'm definitely content with my decision hey guys thanks for tuning in i hope you're enjoying the show so far if you are and you're listening to us on any podcast platform of your choice feel free to go ahead and subscribe it really did mean a lot to us and go a long way also if you're in a situation where you're on a podcast service where you can leave us a review please feel free to give us a few minutes of your time and do that it only takes a couple seconds and really helps us out a bunch all right back to the show Okay, one other one. I totally just remembered this. That's fine. So Ask away. you played in the three-on-three tournament at the Final yes. Four this year. Yes. So the reason I ask that is I am a huge Mark Titus fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally like my favorite yes. blogger in the world. Okay. So did you get to have any reaction? With I got to meet him last year. No, I was mad because so we go up there and we play and like you win and we play the Mall of America and like the team wins and then they go up on stage and throw the money and yeah. talk. Like you said, Mark Titus and all them and – so we started off 0 and 2, and it's like, okay, we gotta win this game. We gotta get our money. We gotta get like, so we win and we go up on stage and we're sitting up there and the producers walk up and go, nope, we're not doing it this time. Go, 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 go change. <laughs> I was like, wow, all right, and it's kind of like, just kind of stabbed the heart. They still wrote me a check for 250 dollars, so I wasn't mad about that. But right, 
that was kind of upsetting. Yeah, and you guys, you played in the college basketball all-star game that year, right? Mm-hmm. That week, right? I did, yep, yep. So that was a really fun trip to Minneapolis, another just kind of chance to take it all in and uh, play in the college all-star game on the Final Four floor and then it's pretty go neat. to Mall of America and play a basketball game inside of a mall. That's crazy. Like, you don't think about ever doing that, and it was actually a really cool setup. That's a really cool event they do. Yeah, it is. I, I haven't made it up yet, but I know mm-hmm. Indy's getting the Final Four in the next couple of years, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of... <laughs> little backstory just kind of side note i was talking with people at three on three and they were supposed to have it just in a normal gym but the gym got booked because they couldn't commit to it so they're like someone just threw out the crazy idea of mall of america like all right let's just try it and like it really fit what they have going they're kind of like pay the players show the money off like inside mall of america very (laughs) unique and it's I, i gave my feedback saying they need to do that kind of stuff all the time yeah whether it's like I mean, as crazy as this, if it's in Atlanta, playing the Coca-Cola factory or something like that. That'd be like, sweet, yeah. Just some like crazy stuff like that. I think that's so cool. Or, Indy like, play Hinkle. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was really about to say. Playing the Hoosiers gym or something like that. Just these just off-the-wall sites that make it so cool. And like playing in the mall, we had so many people shopping, so many tourists there that they just stopped and watched your games. And it was pretty cool. That is pretty neat. Mm-hmm. So on to serious things, man. Um, you know, you and I kind of connected over this over the season. Uh, unfortunately... Mm-hmm. Um, so you and your family have started a foundation, mm-hmm. um, unfortunately for a cousin you lost. Yes. Uh, the same exact way, unfortunately, I lost my younger sister mm-hmm. um, to suicide. Yes. And so when I saw you post on your Twitter earlier in the year, you had a shoe that had the ribbon on it. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I got to talk to Drew about that because I went through it a couple years before. So mm-hmm. I definitely could relate to that pain. Um, so I'm not going to try to make us here cry by any means, mm-hmm. but uh, I wanted to kind of this is why we wanted to do this because I wanted to help you promote your event you have coming absolutely, up. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So like you said, um, my family went a little, a little bit through some tragedy last year before the season started uh, last September. So a little over a year ago, um, my cousin, my little baby cousin died by suicide mm-hmm. and uh, it was kind of shocking to the family. Um, yes. In a way, cause you just don't think that would ever happen to you. You just, you have this big family. Everyone stays in Northern Kentucky college athletes here you got artists here and like hunters and like you think you're this all-american family and you just don't think it would ever happen to you and he was receiving counseling and we thought he was in good standards and i remember getting a call that morning uh we were up i was actually up at 4 a.m for workouts and uh i see my dad call me like three or four times and then text me a couple times and like my dad typically doesn't do that he knows i like to sleep in a little bit yeah maybe will call me once and so i knew something was up and he told me and he survived 14 days in the ICU and uh, passed away in late September. And it was, I mean, it was tough. It was, I mean, you just don't expect that. So and he was someone that I could connect with because he was a big uh, basketball fan. He didn't play, but he would play on his backyard and loved LeBron James and the Cavs. And I'm a Celtics fan. Right. So, like, we had our little battles. as a way for me and him to connect. And um, it was tough on my aunt. It was tough on our family. I mean, like I said, suicide doesn't just affect one. It affects many. Yes. So um, one way my aunt chose to cope with it is to start a foundation, take his 529 plan, take the money they have saved for college, and start this foundation. And we didn't know what it was going to do. Uh, she brought it up with us. We're like, all right, let's just go for it. Like, So we started that in January, and here we are 10 months later. And the support we've received is – I don't want to, like – take it light by laughing but it's like so incredible it is like yeah it's the topic that it is is mental health is kind of touchy as is because let's be honest like no one really wants to talk about it it's, everyone's kind of scared to mm-hmm. 
But at the same time, like it needs to be talked about. So the support we've received is incredible. Yeah. So my family, same scenario. Mm-hmm. So we lost my sister in March of, it was a couple weeks after the Kentucky game. Yeah. So it was around that time. Um, I just really started doing my broadcasting career and it was like, mm-hmm. oh shit. Yeah. And it was just terrible. You know, it's a painful feeling. It's painful for everybody. And like you said, like when we had the layout and we had the visitation, like the line was miles long. So I certainly will never say I understand, but I certainly can relate because it's a terrible situation. And so when you had brought it up and I saw you guys did that three on three tournament earlier Mm -hmm. in the year, Mm -hmm. um, and you started doing stuff like that, I wanted to make sure I got involved. Attention, please. The time is now 8.30. The library will close in 30 minutes. We are recording this in a library. And they're about to kick us out. All right. Well, um, I could have been worse if that was a fire alarm or something. <laughs> yeah. First, but I have got 20 minutes in. So. All right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll let this get done real quick. <laughs> Good timing. All right. We're having a serious conversation. That's That's- yeah. So, but yeah. So mm-hmm. certainly, you know, I think it was, uh, it was after a game, I think I came up to you and I was like, mm-hmm. hey, you have a second. Yeah. And we had the conversation. I was like, you know, if mm-hmm. we can do anything to help out and talk. I'd love to help you out. So, yeah. And that's really what we've seen with our foundation. Like I said, we're 10 months into it. And uh, with these events that we have, is so many people are actually affected by this, mm-hmm. what, by suicide. It's Their families have been touched in this way or their friends of friends have been touched in this way. And everyone knows someone almost, it feels like, and they want to help this cause. And it's, uh, it's something I want to do before the season. I got my shoes and I cleared it with Coach Brandon, the – wear the ribbon on my shoes and kind of just put it out there. I didn't want to do anything too big, but I just wanted to let yeah. people know, like, it's okay to talk about it. And I still remember when Kevin Love really kind of brought it to the forefront, mm-hmm. and he received a lot of criticism for it. And at the time, like, I didn't criticize him or, like, go with him. I just kind of said, okay. But it's really like he kind of opened the gates for that. So I give him credit in that sense. But like I said, it's something that needs to be talked about. I mean, no one – I think especially as a man – um, it's so hard to talk about your feelings as is, and it's so yeah. hard to admit saying, I need help, like I'm not okay. Whether it's, I mean, for a man getting directions or saying you need help with your diet, I just or saying I need help with my feelings, like it's that's tough to do. Man, woman, whoever, it's just tough to do. So I think we're trying to really help people, encourage them to realize it's okay to do that. Yeah, and I think that's really great of you. So, you know, obviously I want to be helping out and involved any way I can. So I thought this would be a nice way to kind of bring that attention to people. So let's talk a little about the event before we get out of here, what's yeah. going on, what we're doing, so we can mm-hmm. hopefully we can get some more people in the local area to come out and talk to you. Absolutely, yeah. So um, we're having an event on October 26th. It's a 5K Okay. out in Hebron. It's called ET Stampede for Suicide Awareness. And his initials were E.T., Ethan Thomas. And uh, like I said, like you said, we had a three-on-three basketball tournament. Had a great turnout for that. But it was kind of all new and kind of threw it together. And we made $2,800 on it, which is That's awesome. Good. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, I just got off the phone with my aunt before I came here. And I've learned that we're making over $10,000 already on this event. Really? $10,000. That's like with our awesome. Spon- like I can't That's thank wonderful. the sponsors enough. UC Health has stepped up as a title sponsor. Really stepped up. Uh, we have over 200 participants already registration still open on ethanspurpose.org um we had 65 runners as of a week ago we've had 150 just in the past week sign up so that's insane we have 
a whole bunch of gold, silver, bronze level sponsors. Like I said, UC Health is the title, but um, we've already been able between donations, our basketball event to already get into school systems and already implement what we're doing. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to provide counselors for those who can't afford it or don't know how to get that for in, in the school system. So right now we have counselors in Connor High School, North Point, and Thornwell Elementary Schools. That's where uh, my cousin grew up in Hebron. And he went to those schools. So we really want to start with the Boone County, kind of keep it sure. focused and eventually expand. But we have provided counseling groups and groups or individual sessions every week for students to those schools. And we're helping over 240 students already 10 months in. That's the kind of support we've got. And we're just looking to grow. And I mean, if we're making $10,000 on this event alone, it's going to be crazy. We have another scrapbooking event coming up in November as well. We're going to continue doing a three on three events. And it's, it's something I think that we're going to be able to make a real difference because of our, the support we've gotten. Yeah, that's that's great, man. I'm so happy to hear that. It's going to be really cool. I'm excited. So we did, in March, the day before the NCAA tournament started, we did a live pod at Braxton, up in Covington, mm-hmm. and we ran a fundraiser. And I set a goal for like $200, thinking I was like, you know, not many people are going to show up. And we did 750 bucks for AFSP, and yeah. I was like... Holy crap! Awesome. This is awesome. And it was awesome. it was so neat. It was you know mm-hmm. it's like you said like when you've lived through it like we have, it's something when you see like people reach out to you and like really mm-hmm. show they care. It's it's just really nice to see. Yeah, there's a whole. It's almost like there's a there's a whole community out there of people who have been affected by this, and no one really wants to say I've been affected by it because it's a touchy subject, like I said. But there's really everyone out there willing to help and donate and. Our foundation's only as good as the support as we get. And to be able to already have counselors in schools 10 months in, we cannot thank those people enough. And just hope you continue to support. We hope we expand and can cover all of Northern Kentucky schools eventually. But we're really focusing on Boone County right now. And we hope supporters continue to support. Yeah, and you will. You'll definitely have those people. We're realizing that about this community for sure. Absolutely. Well, man, um, I know for the library kind of has this buzzer go off on us again. We probably yep. should wrap this up. Um, first off, I was always thanks for taking the time. You've always Absolutely. been always been good to me. You know, you were growing Absolutely. in college. I was the young guy on, yeah. on the beat, so you're always kind to me, and I always mm-hmm. appreciated that. And it was always a joy to watch you play ball. So thank you. I really appreciate you covering everyone who covers Northern. I mean, from the beginning, or if you want to hop on the bank, we encourage people to hop on. Oh, the we do. We do. Yeah. But you've really been there since the beginning, and thank you for just not only covering me at Northern, but giving me the opportunity to help spread light on this. I know this is something that we've both been affected on. Yeah. And I cannot thank you enough. I cannot thank people who have reached out to say anything you need. Lance McAllister, Joe Daneman, Fox 19, WLW, Adam Clements, like all these people, all these uh, broadcasters have been more than grateful and more than generous with their time. And I cannot thank you enough for inviting me here to do this today. I'm happy to do it, man. It was a joy to watch you play ball and uh, I look forward to seeing what's next for you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Actually, before we get out of here, we always make sure we got to shout your social media so people know where they can find you. All right. So social media, well, I'll give you my social media is on Twitter and Instagram is at a T McDonald 34, both on Twitter and Instagram. And then just since it's kind of what we talked about today. Ethan's Purpose. You can find it on Ethan's underscore purpose on Twitter and Instagram as well. That's E-T-H-A-N-S underscore purpose. So give them a shout out. Like I said, we're having events all the time. We're posting stuff. So follow me, follow Ethan's Purpose, and you won't regret it, I promise. Yeah, absolutely. All right, everyone, thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, thanks, obviously, to Drew for joining us, and you all have a great night. Yeah.